right, welcome back to the final hour of the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, in about 15 minutes, Reed Clark from Freshnets uh, will join us in studio. He just actually popped in to kind of check things out. So we'll talk to Reed in about uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, tons of texts coming in, one 1440 A lot regarding the college football situation and... This one here from Walnuts in the Park, and the Duke and I will try to explain this as best as we can. Guys, can you explain how an undefeated team does not make the playoffs in college football? And he is talking about Florida State University. So FSU goes undefeated, but it's hard. And here's the reason. The easiest way to explain this is why they are going to 12 teams next year. And because there are so many good teams that are on the outside looking in. Again, Georgia coming in could just as easily be the national champion if they were in the top four. They lose to Alabama. Alabama is my pick to win the national championship right now. They have a lot of... I mean, anytime Nick Saban is, is running a program, you put them at the top of the list. So it's hard to... Not include a team like FSU that, you know, has an undefeated season. But the simple fact is, when you look at all the teams that are involved here, FSU isn't as good as the top four teams that are ranked ahead of them. It's that simple. Panthers Matt says they should have given Michigan and Washington a bye. Let Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Texas be the three, four, five, and six seeds just for this year. It's a valid point. Unfortunately, they made this decision. <laughs> Unfortunately, <all> <laughs> that's not how it works. Um, changing the, you can't change the rules uh, just because you don't like let's how have it, another extra couple. What, teams. What's that expert? You can't flip the table over just because you don't like how it's set or something mm-hmm. like that. It's basically the way that the football playoff played out this year. It, peop, there was, I think, some mixed reviews about this college football season because there was not a far and away superior team or two. But I'm on the flip side of that where I think that the parity that we saw across the the power five conferences this year shows that like the the transfer portal and guys wanted to get in even like, instead of just playing backup in a really good program going and getting a start at a a lesser school mm-hmm. um I mean we saw Bo Nix transfer over to to Oregon from Auburn uh the season before last and he's going to be a Heisman finalist this year at 23 years old so there's a lot of back and forth narrative uh, with the playoff, both in the expansion and the divi- uh, the conferences realigning, all this stuff. But I think this was a awesome year of college football. And I'm, like I said this when we were talking about it last break, I'm excited for bowl season because there's going to be a ton of great bowl matchups. Uh, and the f- and the playoff itself, these these are the four best teams mm-hmm. as of right now. That is that is a fact. And yet, like, I agree with you, Kevin. Georgia, if they were in at the four seed, they could easily go on to win the Natty. Why not? They've won two straight. But as of right now, they are not one of the best four teams because they just lost their conference championship. Do you think, or which game was better in your mind? Was it the Georgia-Alabama game or was it Washington-Oregon? It's a tough question to ask. That is a, that is a tough question. I will admit I am biased. I love Pac-12 football because defense is optional. Um, and that Friday, so I was at the Bears game on Friday night. Uh, I didn't watch the the Washington Oregon game. I was keeping okay. tabs on it, but the the finish was crazy. Like they, it was seemingly going to be kind of a low scoring game uh, off the hop, and then in the second half, as it seems to happen all the time, both teams just exploded, and the trading scores back and forth. Oregon with a chance, but they can't get the stop when they need it to uh, get the ball back. Um, I, I'll say, I, I will say, 
Oregon, Washington, but I say that bias towards uh, the Pac-12 compared to um, SEC football. Text coming in, 1-833-401-1440. Jeff says, uh, sorry, actually Mitchell says, so should Jordan Travis be the Heisman winner? It's pretty valuable. Well, the Heisman <laughs> is not most valuable player. The Heisman is the best player in college football. And I think it's pretty tough to argue against Gene Daniels winning it uh, because, yes, LSU's record is not that good, but guess what? He can't play defense. And LSU's defense was historically bad mm-hmm. this year, not just by an LSU standard, by a college football standard. They were terrible. So when you have a guy like Gene Daniels in the mix, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Marvin Harrison up in Ohio mm-hmm. State, like I think it'd be pretty tough for Jordan Travis to, to get into the conversation. Did he have a great season? Without a doubt. But there were there were other guys that I think just as an individual had better years than him uh, in terms of the Heisman winner because like I said it's not the most valuable player it's just the best player. Corey kind of puts this discussion to bed too by texting in there were five conference champs FSU is in the worst conference out of the five they're out end of discussion. It's true. It is true, but you can see people saying well you're undefeated. But you had a softer but, schedule. And you can say the same thing about the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, who did Michigan beat outside of Ohio State? No one. Like, they beat Iowa in the conference championship game. By 20, what was it? 20, 20, 26. My, yeah. my, prediction yeah, of a thir- yeah. my prediction of a 36 nothing win where the over would hit and Michigan cover the points did not come to fruition as they only got to 26 points. But they did shut out or, uh, Iowa, who in total had, I think, 150-some yards of offense on the day. Hmm. And they're going to play in the same conference as Washington and Oregon next year and USC. That will be uh, comedic. Yeah. I don't Texter comes in and says Alabama had their chance. They lost a game. Sure, they may be a better team. Alabama blew their... I don't know what this guy's talking about. Well, I think about. he's saying because Alabama, they lost because they had a loss to Texas. To Texas which to start. I, I can get this yeah. argument. I, I don't disagree with it. If Alabama lost to Texas and Texas is in, then why is Alabama in? Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that argument. I don't disagree with it, but... Alabama is as like the back half of the season played way better. And like I said, as of right now, that's a big proponent to this. As of today, Alabama is a top four team in the country. I agree. They just won what is supposed to be the, the best the best division in football or conference in football. Mm-hmm. Like it's you can't um you can't discount that fact. Alabama could line up with Georgia next week and Georgia could win. Oh, they could they could play every weekend yeah. for the next however many and Georgia might win all of them. But hmm. It's it's they they had uh, they had to win this game and they did because if they lost obviously down to two losses they're, they're not done. sniffing it they're, they're probably out of, they're probably out of the top ten probably um but they but but they didn't they won and that's what matters they're in uh, we can we can debate it around and bounce the ball I think we're gonna have um, a college football guest on tomorrow Kevin okay um, I was able to Declan get in contact Kruger? With, not Declan Kruger <laughs> not Declan Kruger <laughs> Is he, uh, would he even be up right now Oh yeah for sure oh he's on in. Like two hours. He comes here at like five to eleven. That's not five true. to twelve. That's not true. Uh, but no, we will. Uh, we're gonna have a, a college football guest on tomorrow. We can maybe dive into this a little bit more with somebody that probably has more insight to it and certainly watch more games uh, than you and I did this year. Uh, the, that same guy put your name to this one. It's a Ontario number, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he says ACC outplayed the SEC head to head this year. Uh, I'll believe you that that's true. Um, I would have to look at actually what the matchups were, like what mm-hmm. ACC teams were playing, what SEC teams, uh, to give that validity, I guess. But, I mean, hey, the the, the conferences are all kind of dissolving, realignment here and there. It's mm-hmm. 
It's well, uh, there are lots of changes coming next year. So enjoy this current format while we have it. Here we go. J Max says nail on the head, boys. Georgia is already a double digit favorite against FSU. I think people are about to find out quickly why FSU got left out from J Mac. But picture this, Kev. What if FSU like Meets? stuns them? What, then wow then we think about there was a couple of years ago where was it Cincinnati before they were in the Big Ten when they weren't a power five team yet or no sorry not Cincinnati because uh, they got in and got yeah. steamrolled um, UCF University Central of Central Florida. Florida they went undefeated and they said we have a claim to national mm-hmm. champions and, and it's like kind of, it's kind of a joke yeah. because they, they didn't get in so they don't have a chance to even prove it but they're saying we like it's almost like, and once again, this is a reference you don't get, Kevin, but in ga- in Game of Thrones, there at the start, there was five different people that claimed to be king. And so until you actually have to prove it, which UCF did not, okay. you can hold on to that claim. All right, whatever. That's what, that's what makes college football as, uh, as fun it is because it is, it's not just on standings or points. It is voted on by an arbitrary group of people, some of which I don't think really have a ton to do with college football, but they still get a vote. I think they did get it right, though, top four. I, I agree. That's why I put it in there. Uh, I commend FSU on a great season. I, they have my sympathy for not getting in. But if they got in, I don't think it would be the best four teams. And Texas really steamrolled OK State. I mean, that wasn't even close. No. 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 You know, te- Texas deserves to be there. Like, If there was a team in the current four that would be out, it would be Bama, not Texas. Because how could you put Bama in? Texas beat them. How about uh, this text coming in from the president? The president of the old boys club, Walter. <laughs> Walter says the old boys club wants Alabama in there every year. Thanks, Walter. Sure. <laughs> I'll, uh... He is the president of the old boys club, though. He's not wrong because <laughs> Alabama is a big draw. But, like, so are any of these major schools. Like, is... Is Alabama playing in this uh, semifinal bowl game going to bring a different crowd than if it was Michigan versus FSU? Hmm. I don't think so. Well, a lot of people still think FSU's here's in from the sham. So by the rationale, Alabama better than FSU. They get in. Georgia better than Washington. Why aren't they in? Record matters. FSU unbeaten. Conference champions. Beat SEC teams. Hard to leave out. Sham. Well, the problem will be rectified next year. How's that sound? There we go. And who knows? Maybe it'll, once again, it might rectify itself uh, in that 5-6 game if Georgia absolutely beats the mm-hmm. living snot out of FSU, <laughs> which at this point, maybe I'm hoping for, just, to, to, just to, to put all these things to rest. When we come back, we are going to go in the community for United Sport and Cycle. Reed Clark is in the building in the Sports 1440 studios and talk about a program, an initiative called Fresh Nets, among other things. We'll talk some other basketball and uh, see what's new with uh, Reed Clark when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Wow, what a, that's that's intro music for Reed Clark. You can't beat that, Duke. That's salt and pepper. Love it. Holy moly. Is that because of the playground basketball nets, Duke, or what? Yeah, there. I haven't put this one in the mix uh, probably since the first week I think I played it, but wow. since then. and But it was like, you know, hoop to shoop. There. 
There's a couple <laughs> degrees of separation, but, uh, you know, we're just going to roll with it. It's, it's Monday. Anything goes. Let's go in the community now for United Sport and Cycle. Christmas has arrived at United Sport and Cycle. Need something for an athlete or sports fan on your list? Uh, United has been your Santa's workshop for over 95 years as we welcome in Reed Clark to the program. Reed, Reed, welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for coming in the studio. Hey, I appreciate it. It was easy to come down here. Normally, I like uh, Regulars by Warren G is my intro one, but uh, that's on Pepper One. We'll go with it. That's good, too. That was a good pick for you. Well, you've heard a lot of those songs, for sure, over the years. 100%. And uh, you're still involved in a very great initiative in the city called Fresh Nets. What's it all about? Yeah, Fresh Nets, you know, it's a real simple program. Uh, when you drive around the city, you see all these basketball courts with hoops that don't have nets on them. And anyone who's ever been a hooper playing outside, like, you're not even going to try to shoot around on a hoop that doesn't have a net. So mm. years ago, even before I was with the Stingers, I had a ladder in my car when I had a regular nine to five. I was going to lunch hours, putting up nets around and started this Fresh Nets program. So then ran that with the Stingers, got a lot of momentum there, got a whole bunch of people involved in it. Uh, and then when I recently just left a few months ago with them, I said, I got to keep I got to keep doing this. Uh, and I have been. So I've been doing it every day. Like yeah. I basically drop off my kids to school in the morning <laughs> right now and then go put up some nets. Uh, and it's a real simple thing. It's an easy initiative to do, but it makes a big difference. As soon as you put up that net, you'll see kids coming right mm-hmm. away from across the street who are just into it. So if that's a little thing that I can do to make... Um, Playground's a little bit easier and get more kids into basketball, which I think is such a great sport yeah. to get involved with. Uh, I'm happy to do that. Where do you get the nets from? Uh, so Spalding and Sport Factor, they're two uh, sponsors of ours. They've kind of jumped on board. So they've been able to provide awesome nets. Like the, the Spalding nets we're getting right now are like the heavy-duty ones that you can use indoors mm-hmm. um, on hoops, and we've been using them uh, outside. So, yeah, thanks to them. Reed Clark with us on the Sports 1440 Studios. Uh, talk a little bit about basketball in our city. So this initiative started with the Stingers, and now you've kind of taken it as well. But was there a goal, how many nets you wanted to kind of put on in the city? And do you kind of chum up and and partner up with the Edmonton Community Leagues? Yeah, so this is even before the Stingers, Kev. Uh, okay. I was doing this. Um, so I, I did like a little bit. I don't even know the number. Then I think we did about 500 with the Stingers. Um, I, mean, I think we did about 300 and then 500 last year. Hmm. We started off City of Edmonton Hoops. Then we did Community League Hoops. Now we're doing Edmonton Public Schools, Catholic Schools. Wow. Basically any hoop that's kind of out there that's open and wants a new one. And, you know, the outdoor scene, like it just snowed last night. I mean, it was no snow here. It's easy to do it. Um, we're going to move this inside. So mm-hmm. basically, you know, I, there's a lot of like high schools, junior highs who have nets. Like they got that part under control, but there's a lot of elementary schools that don't. Mm-hmm. So if any schools need nets, go to freshnets.ca, hit me up on Instagram at fresh underscore nets, uh, and we'll be able to provide you nets because I kind of want to move this inside for the right. winter season. So when you're replacing these nets, are people like, are they just getting worn out? Like what's happening to the Man, nets? I, I don't know. They get worn out, they get stolen, mm-hmm. they get ripped apart. It's just kind of one of those things that gets missed. And if it's not really looked after a while, it uh, it doesn't hold up all the time, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know. There's a bunch of different reasons. It's, it's such an easy fix that doesn't take a lot of time, but for whatever reason it is, they just don't really get to be a top of the priority list. And there, is it like... I always see the chain link ones on the playground, yeah, yeah. you know. So what what are these made up of? They, they, this is just a regular nylon net, like heavy okay. duty that's going to last. Um, 
after you do hundreds and hundreds of these nets, you figure mm-hmm. out the right way to get them up. So you got to have the industrial zip ties if they don't have the little grommets on there. Um, you got to make sure they're kind of woven around twice. Like right. there's there's different ways of doing it. The chain ones are, are cool. I, I like them. Um, I don't know if they work as well. They kind of seem to kind of yeah. fall apart a little bit too, but they make a great sound. When you get them in with that, <laughs> it makes a great sound. So I can't deny that. They do make a good they sound. Do. They That's do. solid. Uh, Reed Clark with us uh, in studio in Sports 1440. So, Reed, you were with the Edmonton Stingers for a number of years. And can you describe what went on just kind of getting this team off the ground in the CEBL because it was, you know, league wide and yeah. then went yeah. into private here? So, just run us through your journey from starting up with the Stingers and then your. I guess why you decided to leave and move on to other things. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I was with the Stingers for, for two years or two seasons. Um, where the CBL is really just going into, I think it's six year coming up. So yeah. it's still pretty new as a startup. Um, you know, kind of one of the goals, uh, with me at the Stingers that we really put into place last year was we wanted to be a local team. So we want to be like top down from, from ownership to players, to coaches, locally focused, we want to be community driven and then provide the best fan experience. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of successful things last year. I mean, sold out six out of 10 games. I think provided the best fan experience in the city. Uh, actually won the community award uh, across the Canadian League Basketball League. So that was awarded to the Empton Stingers, mm-hmm. uh, which was great. So a lot of things going in the same way. I mean, basketball, like there's never been more kids playing basketball than there is now, right? So this is not a fringe sport. I mean, this is no offense to handball or something like that, but this is not handball. We don't have to educate a lot of people on there. We just need to get them excited about it. So I think building that exposure, getting the team going, really, you know, really proud of kind of what the team did from everybody, from the front office to the to the court to get that going. And, and a lot of success last year. I mean, came within one win of going to championship weekend, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, I was going the right direction. You know, I made, a, I made a choice for myself to kind of uh, step away and explore some other opportunities, uh, hopefully still locally and in sports. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they've got a great thing going there. I think the CBL is only going to get stronger as it grows. And, and I think this league is really here to stay and basketball is here to stay. Were you surprised at how well the CEBL, when it started, grew and continued to grow, and as you say, will continue to grow, but just how, I mean, I think Mike Morelli's done a fantastic job as commissioner of the league. Yeah. So anything surprise you of how, because you always see leagues having a tough time getting going and and things like that. Soccer, like how many soccer teams have we lost here in Edmonton? Yeah, you exactly. Know, so anything surprise you on the CEBL front that maybe you weren't? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely surprised me. I mean, the first year when I came in, you know, we did okay. You know, we're tens of 40%. We got started to get some notoriety. And then we really, like last year, kind of blew it out of the water. And I was shocked. I mean, there was guys texting me the last few games, Kevin. They're like, can I get tickets? I'm like, I, I honestly don't have tickets for you. I can't get mm-hmm. it. So to see that kind of support from Edmonton come back was was massive uh, and really important to see. But uh, yeah, I was surprised how much it kind of took off. And, and you know, we got a deal on, um, you know, a television spot for a TSN, which was huge for us, yeah. right? So that was that was big and from the league. But uh, it definitely surprised me how fast it came. And I think it just showed that like, it's the right time in this country, in the province, in the city for basketball to take off, right? I think it just proved that. But you got to put a great product out there and the fan experience. And when we started doing things that were different from some of these teams and free parking, $5 beers, $5 mm-hmm. food items, like stuff that was unique. And then, you know, put a great product and giveaways and a fan engagement out there. Then uh, it was kind of, you know, people come once and they'd be like, man, you got to come to this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. You got you to bring people here. So what about when you, when the, I guess the hangar was renovated and you had, I mean, 
you look at the seats in there when, you know, I interview you down on the court, and, yeah. you know, on a practice day and you yeah. look around, this is a fabulous facility for CBL basketball. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the best basketball-specific facilities in Canada because, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's no rink boards there. There's no ice. It's not going to be a hockey ring anytime soon. At least, at least I don't know about mm-hmm. that. So it, it, it does feel like you're in a field house. It has a kind of like a U.S. college sort of vibe to it. Uh, you're right on top of the floor. It's it's a really cool experience for fans, and I think they appreciate that, that they, they feel connected. And when it's loud in there, it's loud. Yeah. Man, it, it's rocking, so it's cool. Was it hard for you to leave? Uh, yeah, it was hard for me to leave. I mean, you can tell me when I'm talking about it. You know, I'm still passionate about basketball and about the Stingers. So, uh, yeah, definitely not an easy decision. But, you know, I think it was the right decision for me and my family and uh, for what I want to do in the future here. You want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, what are in your plans? I mean, I, you, you've been... I guess you could say a stalwart in the community. You want to be here. You want to be a part of this city mm-hmm. and be a part of what is going forward is whatever in that sense, in that, you know, in that avenue. So what are some options for you to possibly explore to kind of stay with what you're doing and love what you're doing here in Edmonton? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the basis and sort of what we found out with this with the Stingers is any kind of sports, you want to get professional sports, minor sports thing, it's got to be community-driven, and that's it's just such a great model because once you engage, you support these different groups when it's going from the grassroots, the high school, junior high, university levels, you support them. They're going to show you back the support when you mm-hmm. need it in terms of sponsorship, ticket sales, all those kind of you know business metrics yeah. the teams actually need, right? So I, I think that uh, that model, and you got to be authentic about it too. Like you got to be, you got to be from here. You got to be a be, be about it. You got to be open to do the grind and yeah. be out nights and weekends and you know, showing your face and supporting where you can, right? Um, and putting the time in. So I, I think that model, I guess, kind of ask you a question. I think there's a lot of sports teams who should really embrace that. And it's an easy thing to say, like, we're community-driven. And I always... We used to tell my guys, I'm like, yeah, but you got to be about it. Like, that means you got to be out there. It's got to be mm-hmm. minus 25 in January, and you're in a, a junior high gym, you know, doing a thing at halftime and really promoting and supporting them. So, um, yeah, I think there's some teams that can be about that. To, and, you know, maybe it could be, you know, an interest of me to be involved mm-hmm. in that level. Uh, it'd be great. And, you know, things take a little bit of time here, though, Kev, so we'll we'll see where it goes. You know, the grassroots level, as you mentioned, we're with uh, Reed Clark from Freshnets and uh, Edmonton Stingers and big part of our community. And when you touch on the grassroots it's such a critical part and i think people realize yeah. that i mean i think all of the organizations in town realize that yeah. because that's how you have to you got to hook them you know what i mean a hundred percent right and especially when you're talking about like i don't want to say minor sports or tier two sports but we're not talking about dwellers in the nhl right yeah. i mean they, they've got a fan base it's been 40 something years they built it when you're still kind of a startup and new you've got to get those fans at a young age and get them involved and get them to like your players and be about the brand and see what's so fun about it. So uh, to me, that that's like a mandatory. If you're mm-hmm. not about the community and that's not what you know the whole team is based on, then it doesn't make sense to me. And, and you'll see this from everyone who's coming in who are buying sports teams and paying billions of dollars with giant revenue streams. The first thing that they want to do is get involved in the community and, and show that support, right? You know, when I got here in 98, so 25 years ago coming up, and uh, when I first got here, I thought I was coming to the greatest sports town in Canada. Yeah. I quickly found out within months that, first of all, and first and foremost, it's an Oilers town. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, you know, it could be back then it was an Eskimos town, and then everything filtered down from there. Yeah. Strong university program and things like that. 
how did you kind of try to carve that out with the Stingers? And I guess moving forward, what kind of philosophy would you have or a game plan to put in place with whatever you want to do to kind of make sure that, yeah, you're a big part of the sports community here? Yeah, I mean, and the I, landscape. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. I totally know what you mean. And, and I think kind of the game plan you put in place is, you know, I think having local people and whatever market, whether it's Edmonton or Regina, doesn't matter. I think is really key. Mm-hmm. I think that's important because who knows better the market in the city than those people who are born and raised here, right? That community focus, like it has to be everything that's built on that. That has to be a commitment. You have to invest time and money into that. And I think that's. That's showing up at everything. Like, I think it's a really big deal. I'd, I'd love to see, mm-hmm. you know, the Elks at high school football games, right? I'd love to see them at U of A games. I'd love to see all those things, right? And, and that goes down to Oilers and Oil Kings and every other group involved. And then, you know what? Like, sports has been around for a while. And I think that fan experience part, um, I know when I go to games all over the States and Canada, like, you like to just walk around the rings, yeah. the barns, see what's going on, see the different kind of food options, the drink options, the merchandise, all that kind of stuff. I think that's really important and it can get overlooked, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's not just about how the team's doing and what you can control, you know, when you're executive level. Um, the performance is all those other things, right? Yeah. So I think if you kind of stick to those things, you know, local, you community focus, and then you go fan experience, um, that's sort of what I think works. And, you know, that builds real fans. And, you know, the Stingers, we, we built some real diehard fans yeah. who hopped on a fan bus on a Wednesday in June, went to Calgary and got back at two in the morning. You know, like that was, for me, I was like, these are real diehard fans who who are now about the brand and really love what we're doing. And and they bought in because of those things I think we implemented. Reed Clark with us in the Sports 1440 studios. So when you're looking at teams in Edmonton, and for me as a media guy, so I see what the Stingers do or did, and then I see the Edmonton River Hawks come in yeah, yeah, and yeah. really put together a, just an unbelievable game plan yeah. moving forward. And I, you know... To be honest with you, the Stingers and the Riverhawks are just side by side in, in my from my perspective of how to put together and be all the things that yeah. you've mentioned. Yeah. Community, um, being out there, you know, fan friendly. Yeah. Having fun. Yeah. Yeah. So why is it that some franchises and I think and I don't wanna the Eddies, I don't I'm not trying to, you know, piss on them here, but it's been uh, soccer just hasn't been able to take off in Edmonton and you you, you go well there's there's every kid plays soccer, soccer yeah and why they can't get more or couldn't get more than several hundred in a game yeah I understand the weather and blah 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 but that's just the way it is yeah so but when I see how those franchises were run by certain people in town and what the Riverhawks did are yeah. doing and what the Stingers have been doing it's like night and day though yeah, I think it's put in a lot of the work in the off season. I mean, the great thing with the CBL and the Stingers is like you play in the spring summertime when it's not actually traditional basketball season. So when it is traditional basketball season, when high school and junior high and colleges and universities are playing, you can be you can be involved in that, mm-hmm. and then they can come show their support when you need them. Um, but I, I think it's it's just grinding. I, I don't know if it's that big secret, but it's it's grinding around, be around as many events as you possibly can, and not just like showing up and waving and presenting a check, actually yeah. supporting them. And that doesn't have to be just financially, Kev. That could yeah. be just with your time and prizes and giveaways and silent auctions, all those kind of things. And then being there as well. Uh, and I think if you do that work in the off season, you'll get that support. And then, you know, with Steve and the Riverhawks, it did mm-hmm. like, 
it's a fun time there. It's a great experience. It's affordable. A lot of the same things that we try to do with the Stingers. And, and you know, that's not rocket science, man. Like, that's that's pretty obvious stuff. You can do it. And, and, you know, one of the Elks games I went to this year when they had a big crowd is I think they had $5 beers for university students mm-hmm. and they had $3 hot dogs. And that whole, like, end zone was packed. I was like, man, that was awesome. How do we recreate that for other games, right? Why do you think the Elks have fallen off here? In town. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you say fall off and then they still have, even, you know, people, and it's because they've been around for a long time, mm-hmm. winning and losing really matters for the Oilers and the Elks, in my opinion, yeah. right? So the losing doesn't help, right? Obviously, uh, what they went through for the last few seasons. Um, I think just making it fun, accessible. I mean, people are in football. Look, you guys just had a huge conversation about college football for <laughs> 20 yep. minutes, right? Yep. People love the NFL. So you can't say they're not into football and the CFL is a bit different, but they still want to be engaged and do it. And, um, I think the CFL in general, just make it easier for people, right? Mm-hmm. Make the dates easier. Um, you know, make some of the things and the fan experience. Like, you know, I went to BC Lions game this year and the fan experience there was awesome. Yeah. You know, they've done a good job. And, and if that can work, I tell people, if that can work in downtown Vancouver, it should be able to work in Edmonton, Alberta and Regina, Saskatchewan and Calgary and other markets too. So, you know, I think just have, uh, have a little bit of fun with it, get that fan experience back get in the community and see what happens. Right. What else you got cooking? I see you got your Edmonton trappers shirt on here. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm always repping the trap <laughs> yeah. here. Uh, yeah. That's, that's what I side business. I've been doing for a while at rossflats.ca. Yeah. So, you know, still doing that. There'll be some uh, news coming out uh, about that probably in the new year. Okay. Uh, a couple of new lines, maybe some things I haven't done before hint at a Jersey, a couple oh, cool. new things could be cool. So yeah, doing that, um, you know, helping out. I've been on the board at Sports Central for a while and I know it's an organization yeah. you guys worked with, with the bike, uh, the bike thon a little while ago. So shout out to you and that help and, and work with them because I think they're they're great. And uh, yeah, we'll see in the future. I got, I'm coaching my kid. I got to give a shout out to U9 <laughs> Northwest okay. basketball team. We're still undefeated. It's now, Ooh. we're in our second year. Um, you know, we're really dialing that in and, and making sure the kids have a great time. And uh, yeah, so pumped about that. And fresh net. So you're just going from court to court. Like, like you might leave here in the studio and a hundred percent and go just drive by some court and go, Hey, it needs a net. Well, I've got the West end pretty dialed in, yeah. um, because that's where I'm at and it's, it's easier. Uh, Aldergrove is one court. They actually reached out. So I'm going to go after this, even though there's snow on the ground, I got the ladder, <laughs> I got the ladder and the stickers and the, and the net. So I'm going to go check that one and make sure that's okay. Um, yeah. And then, and then from there, a few more courts we can do all. I mean, it doesn't really matter where it is. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure there's a net cause it drives me insane when I see no nets there. So uh, you just got him in the back of the trunk and you're just... You just got him. Yeah, you just got You always got to be right. I mean, I was in Calgary for my wife's Christmas uh, yeah. uh, party on Saturday and, you know, she was still sleeping in the hotel room. I got up and uh, and did a hoop there, right? So uh, we'll do whatever we can. What kind of ladder you got? You, can, you, you got, might you need got, a sponsor, like a little small, giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. the little Warner's, big giant? Who does, I think it's Warner. Who does the NCAA uh, ladder? There's a big ladder sponsor there. So if anyone's, anyone can help me out on that, would be great. But yeah, it's it's just a little, it's bigger than a step ladder, yeah. I guess, right? You don't need to be here like, no, you to need, get up there and do You just you need to be stable, need right? eight footer. Yeah, my balance is pretty good these <laughs> days, I'll tell you that. Well, plus yeah. if it starts snowing here a little bit, you you know, it could be a little slippery. But I, I you know, I think kids in Edmonton, like if you really love who, like you should be out there, shovel your driveway, 
away. Get out and shoot around. As long mm. as it's not minus 25, 30 kind of thing, get out there it's and boom, man. Six above today, nine tomorrow. People are still going to be shooting hoops. Oh, well, they might even be gone. You know, well, maybe even Tara Pines We're going to phone Tara Pines right away here. So. Okay, all right. Uh, hey, Reed, thanks for coming in. Really appreciate your time. Good luck with uh, Fresh Nets, and they just can get a hold of Fresh Nets, freshnets.ca? Freshnets.ca or Instagram at uh, fresh underscore nets. Ah, really yeah. appreciate you coming in, and I think we'll probably see you here on the Edmonton Sports Landscape soon. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, thanks, Reed. That's Reed Clark. When we come back, I think we're going to give our, our friends at Terra Pines a call just out of the blue. That's coming up after the break. It's Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show. Stay with us. Ooh, a little foreigner for the last uh, break, Duke. Hey, cold as ice. That snow coming down yesterday. <laughs> no one knew what the hell was going on but, around uh, here. I, I was shocked. I uh, I went out to get the old wheels sharpened up before the uh, the big game at the Drake. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty late in the afternoon. And then by the time I left for the hockey game, I, it would look like a different world out there. <laughs> Changed in a matter of a couple hours. <laughs> Craziness. Uh, text coming in, one 1440 You know what, uh, Mark, is this you? Okay, Mark, it's Kevin Carey, so I'm going to call you right back on another line, okay? Okay, buddy. Okay, bye. Give him a shout on that number I gave you. So that is a Terra Pines uh, golf course. That was Mark, and we I talked to him while I was out there golfing about three weeks ago. So I can imagine that he'll be open. <laughs> well, he's going to be open today and tomorrow for sure. We'll see what the conditions are at Terra Pines for this time of year. If you want to golf. Uh, the Duke is just dialing up uh, Terra Pines right now. This is like real, this is like, it reminds me of like FM radio. Like when you, uh, you know, they're just calling someone off the cusp here. Can we hear the ringing Duke? That would be cool to hear the ringing and him picking up. Uh. Good morning, Terra Pines. <laughs> Mark, it's Kevin Carey, Sports 1440. How are you? Fabulous. How are you, Kevin? Well, just very good. I was just wondering, are you taking tea times today? Uh, well, uh, today we're, we're delaying tea times with the snow delay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's supposed to get up uh, to between 4 and 6 degrees, so that should take care of the skip of snow we have out there. So you've been open this whole time. Have you taken any days off at all? Or were you closed yesterday? Uh, we were closed, yes. And uh, we were just basically opening when when the tea times uh, start filling up, um, when, anywhere in the four to six degree range, yeah. uh, the golfers want to get come out. But uh, when it's minus two uh, and there's an abundance of frost out there, we don't uh, we, we don't allow them to be out. So tomorrow it's going to be like eight or nine. So you're going to be booked up tomorrow solid, right, Mark? Yeah, I've been pretty well. All my carts were booked up about four <laughs> days ago, and uh, I can still accommodate people that are walking tomorrow. Wow! But but we are, you know, we're going to be filled for tomorrow for sure. How would you say early December conditions are at Terra Pines? <laughs> Actually. Uh, 
you know, just the comments from the customers uh, saying how good a shape the course is in this year. We did a lot of groundwork on the course and uh, some irrigation work, uh, and it's it's really was set up for our fall season for sure. And I, I assume the balls are really rolling with the drives. What's the par the par five six hundred yarder? Is that eight or seven? The, the, the park, uh, that's the sixth hole at 646 yards. Yeah, so, I mean, you, with this, with the ground being frozen, you could probably poke one on in two. <laughs> yeah, they bounce a lot harder, uh, <laughs> further, for sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mark, is this the latest you've ever been open at Terra Pines? Well, for me, it has. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I've been here five years. It was November thirteenth that we, uh, was the latest for me. But back in nineteen ninety seven, they closed on New Year's Eve. Wow, that's amazing. So you think if the weather holds and the snow is the snow the biggest thing for for not opening? Uh, well, snow is a, a, a large factor, uh, along with the frost uh, and the. <laughs> Uh, the cooler temperatures so when it's minus two we don't get too many calls for tea times so uh, i need uh, you know a a good uh, dozen tea times before it's viable for us uh mark from terra pines golf course just north of edmonton so what's the furthest uh golfers come to play your course at this time of the year well, we've had people from Saskatchewan. Uh, we've uh, during the pandemic, and we actually had people from Terrace, BC, um, and Calgary had a, a large snowstorm early in the fall that year. So that they came from Calgary and uh, Slave Lake, uh, Grand Prairie, they come from all over. Um, but uh, yeah. We can add Saskatchewan as far as uh, locations this year. We had a couple come out. Well, uh, thanks for coming on here, Mark. uh, We just phoned you out of the blue. I thought, you know what, let's get him on because I thought for today's weather and tomorrow where it's going to be 8 or 9, I figured you're going to be jammed up. We will be tomorrow for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Kevin, and, uh, and, and thanks for coming out to our course, and we look forward to seeing you out here i don't know about this year but yeah. maybe in the spring thanks a lot appreciate it thanks okay. mark okay Kevin. Take yeah care. that's uh, mark from uh terra pines golf course so to be open december the 4th and probably you know the, the weather's kind of okay here duke for the rest of the week tomorrow i mean he'll be just jammed you just heard him Tea times, maybe give him a call. I'm sure there's. Um, I'm. I'm sure he could squeeze you on tomorrow. I'll have to, I'll have to walk though, is what he said. Wow. Um, get the little the little pull cart though. I can manage that. Oh yeah, quick little nine hole uh, spurt. Even Be- with- beats hitting the the sim. Again, you at, know, le- at least until Schlemko gets his house built, and then he can invite us over to go play at his simulator all the time. Well, to be honest with you, where Schlemmer's house is isn't that far from Terra Pines, probably. Oh really? Well, it would be fifteen minutes, yeah, maybe yeah. or so, but. but- I'm sure Schlemmer, wouldn't he be something to be out there on tomorrow? Two gone. <laughs> maybe some mittens. Tee it up. Do you think you'd wear gloves, like like gloves, gloves? When no. Because it's, uh, it's, it is still only, you know, a couple degrees above zero. I think what guys do is they wear, they have the big mitts and then they take them off for, when you know, they're when swinging. They're swinging. And you're, you know, you dress up in layers. When we went out there, it was fine. That was three weeks ago. Yeah. And today and tomorrow, like again. Walking might actually be better because A, then you don't have like the wind of driving the cart on your face to chill you. And if you're walking, you kind of keep the body moving a little bit more to help keep you 
keep you warm. As long as you have a beer holder on your pull cart. Like, yeah, you need that and then maybe a, uh, a little flask of uh, some fireball or something in the side of the bag mm-hmm. when you do need that quick warm-up. After you, maybe you slip into the edge of the, the pond thinking it was more frozen than it was to go get your ball off the middle of it. Birdie juice. Birdie juice. But having said that, you mentioned the pond, everything's frozen over. Mm-hmm. So you'll... Actually, I think I played, it was at Lewis Estate several years ago and was on the early... Uh, I can't remember what hole now, but the par three, but there's water in front. Mm-hmm. And I just duffed one, uh, just chili, straight chili dip, donk, 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 about five skipped bounces. Skipped across? No, it just skipped. It bounced, not yeah, even yeah. skipping. Yeah, bounce, yeah. bounce, 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 about five five feet from the pin. Well, any way you can. That's what they say in the yearbook, Red. They don't ask you how. <laughs> they ask how many. How many hole-in-ones? Oh, man. Or in that case, maybe birdies. Have you ever had a hole-in-one? Did, did you two-putt that or did you? No, no, birdie. Had a boy. No, I've never got a hole-in-one. Me neither. No, I'll be honest, never really ever been that close. There's I been would, a couple times at like my home track at Delburn Fawn Meadows uh, mm-hmm. Golf and Country Club. There's two par th- It's just a nine-hole or two par threes. You know, rolled a couple within like a few feet maybe, but I've never had one like run past the cup or anything like that. Like, fourth hole at the ranch in a tournament. So the fourth hole's a par four. Big wind behind, and apparently I was an inch or two away for a hole in one on a par four. Didn't see it obviously, but they said that's where the ball was. Yeah, Gord Stanky. We were golfing with Gord Stanky at the time. One of the highlights of his life. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I am sure. Uh, what do you make of that Nino Niederreiter signing? It's a good contract. It, for- it, oh, definitely. I mean, it's it's getting a guy that um, is still, you know, a lot of tread left on the tires mm-hmm. and experienced. Um, he's fit in well in, in Winnipeg there since kind of landing, and he bounced around a bit. Um, I mean, this was a guy that was a fifth overall pick mm-hmm. back in the uh, the early 2010s. I can't remember exactly what year, but out of Portland, back-to-back 50-goal campaigns with the Winterhawks. Um, he's a very serviceable middle six player because he can play up in your lineup a little bit, but he's also got some size and a little bit of bite to his game that uh, lends itself if he's playing kind of more that third line role too. So I, I think the number makes sense for the Jets. He's a guy they obviously like in the organization. He's a veteran, um, and it, and it, the num- the numbers add up. The the three and it's just, like I said, at three, three years, four. three years yeah. at four mil. I, I think that's a very um, manageable and stomachable number. So mm-hmm. I think I, I like it for the Jets, and I'm sure he likes the little bit extra security as well. He, he was on expiring deal. So big body plays with Appleton and Lowry for mm-hmm. the most part right now. They're yeah. plus twelve, plus thirteen between the three of them uh, each on a line. So they have the ability to score and check. You saw them, you know, they played against Connor McDavid and and Drysaddle and did a pretty good job the other night. So. Adam Schefter reporting that Kenny Pickett underwent surgery on his high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it had been an issue he'd been dealing with all year so far and then kind of re-aggravated it. Um, they're not going to put him on IR, so he will be eligible to return Stay, yeah. um, for his, you know, whenever without going on IR. But it does look like, you know, at least a couple weeks, if not probably uh, stretching towards the tail end of the season where, I mean, hey, the Steelers, that loss yesterday yeah, has that to kills hurt. Them. That has to hurt, but they're they're not out of it. So yeah, that kills them. This Thursday night football, though, uh, what a matchup! Steelers, <laughs> Patriots, might as well be Iowa, Iowa State. How about this? So if if the Patriots and Chargers were six points total, what's this one going to be? Yeah, oh my, could God. be three. It could be. I, I was joking about it with uh, some of my teammates on the Tropics last night because we were talking about Jim Harbaugh and, you mm-hmm. know, will this be his last year in Michigan? And uh, we were talking because you know, the 
the rumored landing spots for him if he makes the jump back to the NFL, the Bears, the Chargers, a few of these high-profile teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I said, what do you mean? He's used to coaching in the Big Ten. He should just go coach the Patriots. <laughs> It'd be about a comp. He's like, it goes from beating Iowa to coaching Iowa, basically, but in the NFL. Oh, thanks to all our guests today. Uh, had another fun show on a Monday to kick off the week. Uh, Levi Weaver from The Athletic. It's going to be an interesting week at baseball winter meetings in Nashville. Mark Spector, Steve Coolius from uh, Sirius XM NHL Radio and Sportsnet. Uh, Howard Balzer, again, uh, just a great guest. Knows so much about the uh, NFL Hall of Fame and uh, the NFL, I guess, as a whole. Uh, Howard Balzer was our guest in the 9 o'clock hour. And Reed Clark uh, came in the studio. Uh, Fresh Nets. Uh, we've got a text coming in. We'll try to hook you up with Reed, maybe on a uh, the, the texter that sent that one in, Duke, and uh, Reed might be able to help you out with uh, what you're looking for. Uh, also, Lorian Munzer, the Olympic gold medalist, our co-host Mondays from 8 to 10. Coming up at 11 o'clock, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Coming up after that at 12 to 2, the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. And then Jason Greger drives us home with the Jason Greger Show, 2 o'clock to 6 on Sports 1440. Thanks to you so much. Thank you very much for listening and being a part of our show, texting in. We had a lot of great conversation regarding the uh, uh, college football situation. And, man, it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic. There's no question about that. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow. Grant Fuhrer will be our co-host from 9 to 11. Coming up first uh, is the fantasy frenzy show but before that here is the duke with a sports 1440 update